Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where you'll hear from people and organizations whose goal is not to just talk about the challenges and the adversity we experience in our community, but to actually do something about it. The nonprofit sector is is doing great things in a number of different ways and setting an example for others who are interested in making an impact. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Today's topic of discussion may be a bit difficult to listen to, but the reality is that it's a very real and prolific problem around the world. A common misconception is that this problem doesn't happen in the United States. But the fact is that the United States is ranked one of the worst countries globally for this very real problem. It's estimated that 199,000 incidents occur within the United States every year. But interestingly, far fewer of these cases are reported. States with the highest numbers are California, Texas, Florida, and New York because they have the highest populations in the U.S. and uh, a very high immigrant population. So what are we going to talk about today? The topic is human trafficking. Human trafficking is defined as the act of recruiting, harboring, transporting, providing, or obtaining a person for compelled labor or commercial sex acts through the use of force, fraud, or coercion. Now, we understand that there are people trafficked for labor, but for today's discussion, we'll be focusing on the sex trafficking side of the problem. We understand that it's a growing problem nationally and globally, but does it happen here often in Wisconsin? And if so, what does that look like? And would we even notice it if it happened right in front of us? Joining me today to discuss this and, and more about this topic is Krista Hull, Executive Director from Redeem and Restore Center, whose mission is to love, restore, and support women recovering from sex trafficking and exploitation. So welcome to the show today, Krista. Well, thank you so much. What an honor to be here today. Um, I'm happy to have you here and to learn more about uh, Redeem and Restore and about you. Why don't you why don't you start by telling us why you felt the need to start Redeem and Restore Center in the first place? Well, I didn't really know it in the first place, but uh, in my journey in life, what I've learned from is basically my experience uh, being born as an only child and the product of a divorced ho household with only a 17-year-old mother present after the first few months of my life, I have known abandonment and loneliness since the beginning. Around 11, 12 years old, an older boy began touching and doing very inappropriate things to me. So I've also known uh, sexual abuse since a very young age as well. Um, and that shame that I felt because of choices I made as I grew up and things that I allowed, I have known and carried the weight of shame. And you see, all these things are very deeply intertwined into what I do today. Uh, through my journey, though, of processing my trauma of abandonment, rejection, emotional sexual abuse, and deep loneliness, and finding God's redemption and restoration has given me the privilege to birth Redeem and Restore Center to come alongside the women. And so now what I get to do is I get to love and empower others with the right tools and the vision for their unique value to become all that they were created to be. Mm. 
I also get to help others see the broken and the rejected, to help lead them to walk alongside the most abused, rejected, and abandoned, the women who have been sold for sex through exploitation and sex trafficking. Mm. And that's got to be so fulfilling, right? Because you've you've been there, you've experienced it yourself, so you have a, uh, a certain vantage point that, that helps, I think, in your... Uh, empathy and your compassion towards towards these ladies, um, and I'm guessing that many people think this can never happen to me, right? I mean, but they'd be wrong, as evidenced by the the stats I shared. How does human trafficking even happen here in the United States, or even Wisconsin, or elsewhere? Right. Um, you know, we wish it didn't, but unfortunately, you know, we know evil exists, right? Uh, Human trafficking is an industry that thrives and grows from the abundance of vulnerable people. And where do vulnerable people live? Everywhere. Mm. Just like where do the good people live? Everywhere. And where do the evil people live? Everywhere. Everywhere. And then again, we are all starving for relationship, to be connected with others. Don't we love that, you know, in our relationship? We love that opportunity to be connected and to be known and valued. Um, And yet now we know, yet we're mostly very connected, but yet very disconnected in the social media world, right? Uh, We have more broken families, more broken lives. Again, seeking attention, desperate for any form of connection. Again, Uh, making an abundance of people to manipulate and use for their purposes. And unfortunately, more than 50% of the time, vulnerable people are being manipulated through a form of a romantic relationship and then into doing things that none of us would ever dream of doing. And as you said, the victims. Um, So Polaris has reported that in 2019, over 22,000 victims were reported. (laughs) Yet a detective friend of mine in Racine says he alone in one community, one law enforcement, he works with 50 victims in a year. And again, we're talking about the ones reported. And so many are not being reported because victims don't even know and understand that what's being done to them is not normal and that it's wrong. And these numbers you're stating are just for Wisconsin. Correct. Yeah. So unbelievable. You know. Does this just happen to runaways, foster kids, and and those who choose to sell themselves? Well, obviously, they are some of the most vulnerable, right? If they're running away, if they're in the foster system, there's a deep need to be loved and cared for. Uh, But vulnerability is not limited to them. We can feel vulnerable at any age of our life. Obviously, when we're under the age of 25, we're most vulnerable. But that does not mean we can't be vulnerable later. And uh, so give you an example, one of the ladies that we work with, she's in her 20s, she has, she's gone to school, she's got a job, she's a CNA, but a vulnerability crept into her family. Her father had just died, and her people in her family knew this guy, and so he got close and made himself closer to her and built this relationship, and he said, hey, I'm going to help take care of your family, I'll be here for you, I'll support you guys and actually manipulated her then into stripping and then selling her in a little town just north of here and all across the U.S. Hmm. I, I can't even imagine what it must be like for these, these victims, you know, and they, and they can't just leave, can they? 
Right. You know, why don't they just leave, right? That's what so many people even wonder. Why would they even stay? Why would they allow this? But again, this is about a relationship. There's manipulation. There's lies. There's confusion about emotions and what is true, right? And so women's lives are being shattered in every way when they are sold as a product. And the amount of shame that they feel from what they've done, what they've allowed, keeps them trapped so easily without the trafficker or the pimp doing anything. But often, yes, abuse, threats, other things are used to keep control. Uh, Drug habits sometimes. Uh, One of the ladies that we have worked with, her pimp and trafficker, I like to use both those words because some people connect with one more than the other, but they are the same thing. So going back, one of the ladies that we work with um, who was her pimp the family and other people that knew him thought he was a great guy because he was a caregiver. Oh, they need something. He'll go help them. He supports them. He'll go get some groceries. And so he told everyone else, um, all of the girls that he controlled, that no one would believe them because he's a good guy. He helps people. So no one would look at him like this. And that's why he got away with it for over 25 years. Mm, wow. Uh, I, I Again, I cannot even begin to begin to imagine but let's let's talk about uh again we i say so many times that we're not trying to sweep any of these challenges that we experience in our own state in our own community in our own backyard sometimes under the rug but we are saying that they are very real they exist but let's look at what's being done let's let's look at the organizations that are looking to support and help uh and uplift Uh, people that are experiencing the challenge. So we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we return, we're going to dive deeper into how Redeem and Restore offers help to victims. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking today with Krista Hull, Executive Director of Redeem and Restore Center. So, Krista, share with us what Redeem and Restore Center does to help the victims. Well, we see them as a whole person. So what we try to do is we gather support and trained advocates and all of us together are able to walk alongside these women that have been broken in every possible way to support them as a whole person, the physical, the mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual needs. You can't just pick one area and help them because it's all intertwined. It's what makes us whole, right? So we try to build a relationship. Again, it's a relationship that destroyed them. We need healthy relationships to help them become whole. It's mm-hmm. the having authentic, healthy relationships gives them empowerment to make good choices, to keep persevering, to become all that they were created to be. Mm-hmm. And that relationship can serve as a mentorship and just right. for somebody to walk alongside them to to help them in the process. It's wonderful. What are some of the specific services then that you offer to support the women? Right. So uh, specifically, obviously, first, we just uh, talk with them. We listen. We're present. Uh, we're not sitting in judgment. We're sitting there as that mentor, as that support. Again, coming alongside. We write note cards. We have monthly survivor support group events. We connect them with community services, trauma counselors, 
mentors, even maybe help build a business. It's based on the individual. Where are they now? What do they need now? And how do we walk with them as they go forward? Mm -hmm. Like this weekend, we just um, had our first retreat uh, for the women, a very special day where we poured into them with a massage, some good food and dug into their Enneagram personality, their top five strengths, and beginning to get them to explore that, to find out who they really are, and again, so they can have some goals and hope to keep moving forward. Mm. Well, and you talk about education, and we at Ellen Becker are so, we just love education and, and opportunities for education whenever possible. So tell us more about the training piece, because you know you reach beyond the victims themselves. You reach the families with building awareness and education. And, again, we all understand how important that education piece is in this situation to hopefully break the cycle, right? Right. So, of course, training and opportunities for the women we work with. Then we have training quarterly for our volunteers, our communities, and outreach Uh, because we want to build up our communities. And again, this is a community thing. This isn't just the individual that was trafficked. There's families. Again, we're all connected, and broken people make more broken people. And we all have our struggles. We all have our things. And again, we all have vulnerabilities. So if we can help build each other up with our identity, what we are how we are made and how we can grow and empower and sharpen one another. So we love to collaborate with other groups, uh, offer presentations, come and speak, make them aware, empower them, how to protect them and their families of what are the red flags of human trafficking? How do you protect your kids from, you know, looking in the wrong places for attention, drug addiction, suicide, trafficking, all these things are intertwined. The sexting that we hear, the social media, And so we like to work with others. How can we partner? How can we strengthen our communities and build healthy families and support those that are hurting? What about schools? Do you ever get into schools? Definitely. Love speaking to kids because I've actually, it's kind of fun because, you know, kids are very real. I'm very real, very authentic, and I'm straightforward. And sometimes I've had kids say to me, wow, how come other adults don't talk to us like that? Well, (laughs) they should. Mm. Um, I bring up porn. I talk about the realities and the the struggles, and it is a huge problem, and it's growing with even young girls. It used to be primarily a male thing. Uh, Girls are right behind, but they're going for it for the wrong reason, or a different, (laughs) they're both wrong reasons. They're going to a different reason. They're going for education, basically. They want to learn what they should do so they can get the attention and get what they're looking for. And so, unfortunately, that's, again, these wonderful devices in our hands, the the computers in our hands where we have connection to everything, but yet still leaves us so disconnected. But then they're sharing pictures of themselves with anyone and everyone hoping to get attention. And so we talk to kids about these things. We talk about their identity of who who are they, what makes them valuable, and how do you let other people treat you and and look at you? Because again, vulnerability is about our desires, our needs, and who we think we are. And also then how do we deal with relationships and boundaries? These are all very important things. And so we love to educate children, uh, youth, adults, business. I I just uh, got asked to go and train an entire uh, retail store because a trafficker actually came into the store and tried to recruit every young girl that worked there. 
Mm. with this. He didn't exactly tell them what he was going to do with them, but that at least the security person knew exactly what he was doing when he found out, but none of the girls knew that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to skip past that relationship building and just say, hey, I have a much better opportunity here for making money than at this retail store. And so again, talking to businesses, Mm. talking to hotels, talking to churches, uh, business clubs, networking groups, because again, we're all human. We all have families. We all have these connections and we need to be talking about these things. I mean, again, we watch movies about sex. Um, Sex is brought up everywhere, but how about some good, healthy, real conversations about what sex is supposed to be and the beauty of it when it's the right way and also the snares of when we settle for other things like porn Mm -hmm. and, and other things like that. And so any any way that I can talk to anyone to wake them up and get them to be involved and, again, build up our families and build up our community. So if a school counselor, for example, is listening to this interview and they say, gosh, Krista, this is great stuff, which it is, um, would they just call you and say, can you come out and talk to us or do schools come to you? How does that dynamic work? However they want it. But yes, okay. <laughs> please call. <laughs> yes, and yes, yes, and yes. Let's talk and let's see how can we work together to, to get to the same result we're looking for, to help build them up, protect okay. them. Okay. Yes. And then so my last question uh, for this interview is is how can we, the community, help to make a difference? You know, the, the radio show is all about impacting, informing, inspiring. Um, how can we, the community, as businesses, as individuals, as families, as you talked about, what can we do to help make a difference? Well, I, just bringing it back to, again, the core of it all, you know, thinking about how does it feel when you feel valued and loved and how much better would it be if we can do this for our kids and for every American? Can you imagine how much better our workplace would be, <laughs> our family get-togethers would be? You know, and th- so that's a hard thing, but... You know, we can't all change the world. We can't all start nonprofits, but we can work together. But you can change things in the center of your influence. Who do you connect with? Are you seeing them? What's going on with them? So we can change things around us. You can dig into our website, Redeem and Restore dot org of course and find information you can call me we have trainings we can have a one-on-one I'd be happy to talk to you uh, start talking to others about human trafficking talk to others about these problems that are going on all around us hidden in plain sight uh, you can sign up for one of our training opportunities you can sign up for a newsletter a slow start just see what we're doing see what's going on and see where you might want to get involved or just learn some more and of course, <laughs> we're a nonprofit. Uh, we are always looking for volunteers to offer commitment of their time, their talent, and of course, even their treasure, because all of it is done by all of us doing this together. It's not just me. I get to lead others, but we get to do this together. Everyone doesn't need to be an advocate. Everyone who works in the office, everyone who helps in networking, everyone helps for presentations, we are doing this together. So you can invite us to educate and empower your business group, your church group, because together, all of us, our support is often a woman's first real chance to become the person they were created to be, for them to be known, valued, and loved. Mm. Yeah, everybody needs that, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, Give us one more time the contact information. So our website is redeem 
www.andrestore.org, all spelled out. You can contact me directly, 262-844-5882. Awesome. Well, thank you, Krista, for joining us today and for sharing your passion about working with women uh, in this area that's very um, damaging, very tough to talk about sometimes, but again, very real as we've learned today. So thank you for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. So Krista talked about the importance of collaboration in order to enhance the services that they offer to the women that she supports. So one of the very important services needed is in the area of trauma counseling. So stay tuned, and when we return, we'll hear from one of those organizations that supports Krista and her mission to restore and redeem. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest today is offering support to Krista and Redeem and Restore in the area of trauma counseling. So welcome to the show today, Yvonne Manning, who is a licensed clinical therapist from New Life Resources. Yvonne's goal is to provide a setting of safety and trust so that healing and change can occur at the client's pace. Thank you for being here today, Yvonne. Thank you so much, Jill, for having me. You're welcome. Why don't you start by telling us why did this area of trauma counseling appeal to you? Yeah, well, I really believe my passion to help those coming out of trauma, like trafficking, um, began as a result of just seeing much mental health, alcoholism, incest, suicide, growing up in my own family of origin. At that time, you know, people really didn't know how to help someone going through sexual, emotional, and mental abuse. So what developed in me, I think, was a deep desire to find answers, uh, to really find out the best care for those treated as something to use versus someone to love. Mm. I studied to obtain my bachelor's, as you said, in social work, and then went on for my master's. I did become a licensed clinical therapist with an emphasis in working with teens and women in trauma. Mm, wow. Uh, what have you seen in your work over the years as far as uh, the losses and the struggles related to victims of human trafficking? Yeah, I have seen with human trafficking um, so much of what we f- refer to as PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, We also uh, use a phrase now um, where we call it complex trauma because the losses are very multi-layered. And as Krista referred to, victims have experienced some type of usually childhood trauma, sexual, physical, mental, emotional abuse or neglect. Also being brought up in an environment of poverty, unemployment, in marginalized communities is very common and also exacerbates this trauma. Mm, I would imagine. Yeah, the main symptoms that I see in clients um, are really a re-experiencing of the trauma through flashbacks, nightmares, intrusive thoughts. Many things can trigger their former trafficking experience. There's also avoidance or numbing of anything trauma-related, certain places, people, situations. 
there is something called hyperarousal or hypervigilance, which is kind of a protective reaction. And we call it, other people know it as fight or flight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it's a normal survival instinct. And on the other side, we have what's called freeze. That's more like a paralyzed reaction. It's a detached state called disassociation, which includes sort of an inability to concentrate, kind of a zoning out, mm-hmm. not being able to stay in the moment. PTSD can be chronic and debilitating if left untreated. The sooner treatment is given, the better the outcomes are. Mm, I imagine. And as a professional dealing with these types of cases, how do you begin that process of connecting with a client who's experienced this? Well, Jill, I think number one, it's essential that I create an atmosphere within our therapeutic relationship where they feel safe. Mm. Next, trust needs to be developed. I mean, as you can imagine, trust has been severely broken and boundaries have been violated in unimaginable ways. So that person needs to know that they're safe, that they have choices in all that we are doing. Um, They have the right to say yes, the right to say no. Essentially, I liken it to a dance where I allow them to take the lead. Sometimes additional referrals are needed for drug and alcohol treatment or group therapy, which is wonderful and very essential. And empathy, I think, is a major tool to let clients know that there is no judgment here Mm. and that there is no right or wrong feelings in working through their complex trauma. Mm. And most importantly, uh, that this is not their fault. To educate them on how perpetrators groom, manipulate, really brainwash their victims so this can help the client have awareness that they don't have to live in shame. Mm. Wow. Uh, All that is uh, important for people to know, you know, Mm -hmm. just being aware, you know, we talk about bringing awareness to a challenge uh, and thinking about how we can be part of a solution Mm -hmm. uh, instead of contributing to the problem, right? Exactly. Um, In that regard, contributing to the solution, what types of therapies do you use to treat the client who has gotten out of trafficking? Yeah, well, today, Jill, I am happy to say that there are many more options to give those diagnosed with um, PTSD, such as those who have been trafficked. Talk therapy used to be our only option, (laughs) but studies show that when we did this, it would only cause our clients to be re-traumatized. So now um, we have more tools. We have cognitive behavioral therapy. That's proven to be very significant. It helps identify intrusive, automatic, negative thoughts, very shaming thoughts, mainly learned at the hands of their abuser. Then after identifying those deprecating thoughts, the client learns how to substitute them out for more valid, healthy cognitions, increasing better self-esteem, more effective decision-making, and the ability to reestablish significant relationships. There's a newer to be used um, therapy that a lot of therapists are getting on board with, and that is dialectical behavioral therapy. That's it, a mouthful. I know, I know. <laughs> it's even harder to explain, but in short, um, it has become a really needed approach to those who stru- struggle with like all or nothing belief systems, like catastrophizing to the point where they use self-harm and have suicidal ideations. Um, and so 
what happens is you can start rebuilding healthier boundaries, mm-hmm. um, which is so important through this therapy. Research has actually um, shown that it takes up to at least a year to heal from the psychological damage, the trauma bond, the codependency that they have had with their trafficker. Um, there's also EMDR eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which deals with specifically reprocessing traumatic memory to decrease the hyperarousal of flashbacks, nightmares. This opens um, the path to use more healthy coping strategies. And um, finally, sensory integration. A victim who has been trafficked has had her senses violated repeatedly and requires the ability to slowly repair these senses through self-soothing. Um, so things like art therapy, mm-hmm. journaling, poetry, songwriting, body work, role playing, outdoor physical activities, aromatherapy, and certainly uh, working with music. Mm. Uh, I, I know how therapeutic music can be and, and uh, cathartic. You know, absolutely. It's, it's uh, and and also out, the outdoors. There's a lot of statistics wrapped around that, and the outdoors and healing. And uh, I had interviewed uh, guitars for vets, and they talked about mm. how the veterans that were suffering from PTSD just really came out of their shell when they started playing a guitar. You're I right. I mean, it's just amazing how. Uh, using our senses can be very uh, therapeutic. So mm-hmm. um, I think the way that that you at New Life Resources work together with Redeem and Restore to provide the best possible support is it's so wonderful. You know, we talk all the time about the importance of collaboration, mm-hmm. not only right. not only for the benefit of the nonprofits, but for the benefit of the, the client or the member or the patient. So we're going to take a commercial break, but when we return, Yvonne is going to share how they work with other nonprofits as well. So stay tuned and we will BRB. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking in this segment with Yvonne Manning from New Life Resources. So, Yvonne, we talked a little bit about uh, partnerships and collaborative efforts before the break. So what does New Life Resources do to interface with other nonprofits? And then give us an idea of who some of those partners are. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, New Life Resources works very closely um, beside James Place, a nonprofit. They have two separate locations. Um, the one in Waukesha provides you know, supportive relationships, um, connections to local resources, actually resume, job search support, computer access and assistance, um, budget consulting, spiritual support through Bible studies and prayer. And then the counseling services is something where we assist on no-fee basis. Um, We have interns, actually, that are already finishing their graduate work. And so they are able to go in there um, and be able to be, you know, really just on the ground level of Mm -hmm. where the needs are in Milwaukee. And um, it's it's pretty amazing the help that's provided, and then the relationships that they 
gain from as well as interns. The other James Place is James Place Southside, and that focuses on immigration services, free legal advice, and Spanish document translations. Um, I think one thing that I really appreciate about working at New Life is that we're very intentional about working with churches so that we actually have nine local churches where we have remote office locations out of. So that is convenient for everyone because some people want to be closer and they will go to that church. And also the people within the church are given better access, right? So through these churches, we offer free seminars, um, talks that address very, very current issues, mental health needs, and addiction issues. We want as many as possible to walk alongside with us in making our community healthier and safer. And uh, sometimes we help set up a support group, let's say, at one of these churches, too, that's open for anyone free of charge. And we might speak at these and give whatever assistance that we can give. Well, and again, I feel like I say it in every show, but, you know, not one nonprofit can do everything. And so when you have this collaborative approach and you're open to working with other organizations that specialize in an area that you don't, Mm -hmm. or they provide something that you can't, you come together and you're able to provide the best possible service to the population you serve. Mm-hmm. And I love, of course, for obvious reasons, that you're that you're located in churches. I think that's awesome. And then churches can offer that uh, that priceless gift of, of praying, right? Doesn't yeah. cost a thing. These uh, nonprofit uh, collaborative efforts are kind of filling in the gaps, if mm-hmm. you will, which I think is wonderful. In your work, Yvonne, at, at New Life's Resources, what have you personally noted in working with women in uh, who are recovering from trafficking? Yeah, well, I have to tell you that, I mean, I love all my clients. Specifically of trafficking, I mean, they are undoubtedly some of the bravest women I have ever met. They are resilient. You know, I mean, I think the hardest piece of work that they have to do is to enter the legal system if they are going to have to face their perpetrator um, in order for him to get what is really needed as justice um, and get him off the streets or, uh, or whoever it is and then present their story of abuse in a kind of a public setting, mm-hmm. you know. And even after the sentencing, the victim will know that her trafficker will request to be released at certain times, you know, many times, of course, denied, but eventually they'll be back on the street, you know, in the community, and sometimes um, she's had to change her name. She's had to move to different places, all to begin her new life. Mm-hmm. So it just it takes a lot of courage, and I think that that's what I I have so much respect and appreciation for. Mm. I ca- I can't even imagine, you know, if if you're not in that situation, it's so helpful to to learn all that you can about it so that you can provide much needed empathy and compassion and right. um, you know what what these victims need um, what about the coronavirus you know how has that been seen as a potential threat yeah. to increase trafficking absolutely um, yeah so in general I mean mental health demand has as you can imagine risen exponentially during the pandemic. Even at our place at New Life Resources um, alone, our monthly referrals have risen now to 50% 
more, especially in adolescents and mm. children yeah. due to the stressors of COVID. And the CDC actually gave a 31% rise in mental health. Our admissions for 12 to 17-year-old adolescent females, mm. uh, the very population that's most vulnerable. Um, but there's a great article out there in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel entitled, Trafficking is Expected to Rise Due to the Coronavirus Pandemic. It's by Talis Shelbourne. And it states that the reasons for the rise is that the climate of poverty, unemployment, homelessness are likely to increase. And along with the lack of connection and loneliness, there's a fear that those who once were involved in trafficking may actually return to it. Mm. And there's a quote that says this, traffickers themselves have even been advertising that this is the prime time to start your trafficking business. Oh my goodness. And, and again, it's just that it's, it's building awareness to the problem. Mm -hmm. Again, some people may want to turn a blind eye, but the fact is it's very real, unfortunately, uh, and sometimes in our own backyard. And so I, I would never have even thought that, uh, you know, it never crossed my mind that the pandemic would, would be a reason right. for the trafficking to increase, mm -hmm. right? So I appreciate you sharing that information. Again, there's there's never enough time to talk about all the things that we want to talk about, but we like to uh, inform and inspire and impact people through the guests that we have on our show. So we, we want to find out how we as parents, uh, grandparents, aunts, uncles, certainly community members, what can we do to aid in the prevention of human trafficking at the home front? Yeah, well, certainly by keeping all of our eyes more open. You know, there are children and teens that every one of us are close to somebody, you know, in the schools or personally. And I can't really emphasize enough, and this is as a therapist um, in many different areas, that please, please do not allow you know, children, teens to be unsupervised for long periods of time on social media through any screens, whether that be computer, iPad, phone. Um, there have been kids, and I know them, drawn online by perpetrators and then victimized through things like sexting. Um, and they're being manipulated to try and meet up with these people. I mean, it might appear to be a 13-year-old boy who likes your daughter, but it can turn out to be a 42-year-old adult attempting to groom your child. It's just tragic. Mm -hmm. I would say don't be afraid to educate your child on this. You know, some have shared with me that they're afraid if they talk to their child about it, it could lead their child into unneeded fear or even, you know, sort of create promiscuity. The fact is it is, does just the opposite. It creates open communication. The word gets out there to friends, and now there's awareness. Get to know your kids' friends and their parents. Be aware of the warning signs if your child is online with the wrong person. Um, there's a really um, very good article. It's called How Do I Know at dcf.wisconsin.com. You know, parents, share with me. I've heard it. I didn't think it would happen to my child. Mm -hmm. So I think we all have a responsibility to not let it happen to our own or to someone else's that we know. Yeah. I mean, just the idea to me, it breaks my heart that 
these situations are in children as their mm-hmm. innocence is being stolen. Right. Right. I mean, it's, absolutely. It's tragic to think that these things go on. But again, we're we're educating ourselves. We're focusing on the positive. Mm-hmm. In that, there are organizations, many of them, that are helping to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, because again, it's a very real thing. You know, we have to be informed. We have to be educated. And I think you shared with me, Yvonne, that Wisconsin is ranked sixth in the nation mm-hmm. for human trafficking cases, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So Milwaukee is absolutely a hot spot for that very real problem. So educate yourself. Um, share the information that you've heard on this uh, on this show. Uh, before we, we go, Yvonne, can you give us, again, contact information? What's the best way for people to reach out to you uh, at New Life Resources to find additional resources or to uh, inquire about some assistance in some way? Yeah, so it's New Life Resources, and it is at 20700 Watertown Road, Suite 102, Waukesha, Wisconsin, 53186. And our phone number is 262 262- Seven eight two one four seven four. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Yvonne, for participating in the interview today, and Krista Hull as well from Redeem and Restore Center. Thank you both for being a, a voice for the unheard and, and offering support and help to victims of, of human trafficking. I appreciate you participating in the interview today. Oh, thank you so much. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or if you'd like to be considered as a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262-691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 to learn more about the ways people and organizations are contributing to making our community safe and healthy. You can tune into News Talk 1130 on your radio or you can go to Newstalk1130.com on your computer, or you can listen on your cell phone via the iHeartRadio app. Visit our website at ellenbecker.com to listen to previously aired shows, or now you can listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. So my call to action today is think about how you can offer support for people, for, for women, for children, going through this unbelievable, horrendous situation. Maybe you're interested in volunteering or donating or maybe just sharing the information. Every person God created should feel that they are seen, they are known, they are valued, and they are loved. And we, the community, can make sure that we're a part of that mission and contributing to that goal. And in doing so, we're finding a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a wonderful Sunday.